all that they've loved, all that they've fought for, all that they've stood for, will now be put to the test. Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. The word, sir? The word? Is no. I am therefore going anyway. You do this, you'll never sit in the captain's chair again. Engage auto systems. Clear all moorings. Cleared, sir. One quarter impulse power. Someone is stealing the Enterprise. Warp speed. Bring on Bird Bracer. She's arming torpedoes. Shields up. The shield's non-responsive. We're a sitting duck. Join us on this, the final voyage of the Starship Enterprise. Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. The adventure continues. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to the 13 Days of Podcast. Mm -hmm. um, Captain's Log. Stardate. Star date January 14th, 2021. Sure. As far as I got. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, I don't think of it. No, I really, I it just came to me, and then I completely lost it. So, oh, well, uh, well, fuck it. I'll save I mean, that it. was good. I'll save it that for was later. A good start. Good yeah, start. it's a start. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to the Thirteen Days of Podcast. I'm your host Dante and, and Eric. And if you guys are just now joining us, we do um, what do we call them? We don't call them fully in depth and now. Oh no, we do a medium medium dives. dives. Medium dives with medium. on thirteen different on thirteen different films fitting a theme. Fitting a theme. And for those who are just now tuning in, this theme is for Star Trek. It is Star Trek. It is. We're watching the motion pictures. All 13 of them in a row. In a row. Yep. Yep. And so now we are on number four? Three. Three. Star Trek three. Four. The search for Spock. One, two, four. Did you not like this one that much? No, it's good. I didn't hate it. It's okay. You just thought it was okay? No, it's good. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's, it's cool. It wasn't like amazing but it was good i didn't hate it it was good all right so we'll talk is, about it. this is the middle part of the i don't know what you call it like the spock trilogy yeah this is yeah. even though it's weird two, like two three and four is its like own standalone trilogy inside the star trek franchise it's so it's just once directed by spock or excuse me by leonard nimoy the great late great leonard nimoy yeah um which is interesting i guess because he really he doesn't really appear in this movie at all except to the very end right so he's kind of like hey yeah when I'm saying it's called the search for Spock, search really for you're gonna spend the whole movie looking for me, and I'm never, I'm not gonna show my face to the very end. Like surprise, this is, I'm alive. I'm gonna, I'm gonna the first directing film I'm gonna do. Everyone is gonna be focused on me as the central plot point. I think so. I think it's kind of smart, but also there could be a humble part of it of him saying, as a director, I want to take a step back and I want to basically just focus on letting the film breathe and then you know i'll just have my little small part at the very end yeah so the um the head of the studio paramount at the time uh was actually very against letter nimoy directing this film not because it was his first time directing but because uh he thought that leonard nimoy actually had it in his contract that he needed to die in part two because he wanted nothing else to do with the franchise so the you know the head of paramount at the time is why should i give star trek three to this guy who wanted nothing to do with it Oh, so he was he he was kind of upset. Yeah, well, after the first one, he was upset. He was kind of like, "You should be a part of the team." And since you kind of wanted out, why should I yeah. give you this? But then this Leonard job? Nimoy actually had a meeting with him and kind of corrected the head of Paramount that that's not what was in his contract, and it turns out it wasn't. Okay. Uh, and uh, eventually Nimoy got the job. What was in his contract then? I have no idea. I'm not. I don't think it was mm -hmm. released. But he, I, he he wasn't saying I want out. 
I mean, it was in his contract that if he was going to be in Star Trek Two, his character has uh, would die. But he wasn't saying I want it out. Right. So why did he want his character to die for the ceremonious? Yeah, bring him back. Maybe. Okay. Maybe to, to leave him an out in case Star Trek Two was terrible. But like I said in the last one, he had such a good time making Part Two. It kind of re-energized his yeah, love that, of that the character his and second win. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so we're not going to go over who's starring in this movie because you know, it doesn't matter. Everyone knows by this by Everyone at this knows. point. Although the big difference, to, well, well, you know, we can talk about the new characters. Sure. So let's do that. Robin Curtis, she's she's the new Savic. Yeah, she does a good job. So unfortunately, Paramount did not a uh, uh, did not write in her contract for part two to do a part three. So once part two was a success, they greenlit part three, went to Kirstie Alley. She wanted more money than James, uh, I almost said James Kirk, than <laughs> William Shatner did. Than James I know. Kirk. And he is, he's James Kirk. They're yes. one of the same. Right. Uh, she actually wanted more money than William Shatner. They said no, and they just recast it. Wow. So she was basically like, I feel I'm the bigger star, so therefore I, I'm demanding higher than, than, yeah. than James so, T. Kirk. So of the okay. two, do you have a preference, Kirstie Alley or Robin Curtis? Actually, I, I, I don't have a preference. I, I thought um, Robin Curtis did a really good job, so I wasn't saying to myself, oh, I really wish that Kirstie Alley was back in this. I was like, oh, this is working. She's doing a good job of Savick. It's fine for me. See, I thought Kirstie Alley was the better Savick, but Robin Curtis is the better Vulcan because she's not a great actress. And the thing about being a Vulcan that... Uh, well, you're not really, really named. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, how do you be an, an actor who doesn't you have, to, have any? You have to emote. emote. Right. Exactly. So, how do you get that across? I thought Kirstie Alley did it pretty well, although there's a lot of blowback that uh, she was too emotional. They retconned, or it was written out, but doing a bit of research, I found out she's supposed to be half Romulan. Oh, okay. So she's a bit more emotional. Which okay, which you, the, you wouldn't get from Robin Curtis's. Yeah, because I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have taken that particular um, thought in terms of like. I felt that, she, like, yeah, she, because remember I was calling out how in the previous movie, like, she seemed to be kind of upset about the idea of yeah. the Kobayashi Maru, right? And that, you know, about Kirk's um, ability to cheat it, right? Yeah. And I'm kind of like, that's very un, um, un, un Vulcan. Vulcan like her, right? It didn't seem to me like she was playing it as someone right. who would not, who would have been like, I'm not uh, um, swayed by emotion one way or the other. So, but okay, that explains a little bit more now so, that I know yeah. she's part Robin. In the extended universe, she's part Vulcan. And she is the second of three actresses that will play Savick. One is sort of unofficial. We'll get to it when we get to part six. Oh. So uh, I won't, we, don't, we won't get to see Robin again? We'll see Robin in part four. Okay. All right. Well, Spoilers. Savick makes it. Way to ruin it. Oh, a bad. I, if, if, did you guys have that on your bingo card? Like, hey, the Savick survived. Sorry. Did you, you all got that one now. If I, I'm you sorry. going to mark it off. You got to mark that one off on your Star Trek Free Bingo. I apologize, people. All right. So the movie starts off in uh, Kirk wait, is sad. Wait, hang on. So I don't understand this opening. Oh, sad Kirk? He's not really sad. He's... I want to see the emotion. This movie but... only came out two years after Wrath of Khan. So Wrath of Khan was 82. This was 84. Did we need a recap? Like, Wrath of Khan was a big hit. Yet we start with this kind of uh, small square... Uh, in a blue tint, for some reason, uh, recap of Spock's death, which was important. But then it starts to zoom in, it fills the frame, and then during the funeral, when when Shatner's giving his you know great monologue, yeah, his eulogy, his eulogy, yeah, it suddenly goes from blue tint to color. Now I have a question. I wrote down, and you need to answer it. Emotional statement 
for artistic douchebaggery. What part? What part of it? What part are you asking about? When it started as a blue, small blue square on the screen, then expanded, mm -hmm. and then the blue went away and it came back to normal color. What was the point of it being small and blue? Was it a mo for an emotional statement, emotional impact, or just was it artistic douchebaggery? I'm gonna go with the latter. Artistic douchebaggery. That I mean, my thought is that they were trying to say this is me being artistic. This will be a great yeah. shot. I I I thought I thought too because I, I there's no reason for it. So uh, I don't understand. Well, even what you're saying, even uh, I'm fine with the recap. The question that you're asking about the recap, it's like, well, who directed it? But anyway, I right? guess so. It. Maybe this is just a, a choice that like, oh, let's bring people up to speed. If they had two years seen, later, if you hadn't seen, so people always ask the question about getting into a sequel is, did did they have to see the the previous one to understand this what case, this is yes. about, right? Should have, right? But for that person, maybe who didn't, maybe Leonard like, well, this would be a good way to get that person up to speed. For people who are saying, hey, you should go check out the new Star Star Trek movie. The last one was pretty good. Well, I never saw the last one. Well, I'll be able to get into this new one. All right, let's give you guys a recap of what happened for that new person. That's I my guess. guess. But I mean, that's my guess. Are people gonna go see um what's the the two towers who hadn't seen Fellowship of the Ring? I mean, I would hope not, right? But you never know. Anyways, I just thought it was kind of a strange choice. And it kind of sets the the tone for this movie. There's lots of strange choices. You can definitely tell a first time director. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I, I definitely got it. The when you're in Rathacon, Nicholas Meyer, I think had only done two films before that. Maybe even just one. He did Time After Time, so maybe just one. Definitely a competent director. He made that movie. It was only done for I think the same amount as this, sixteen million something like that. That felt like a big budget film the way it was shot people wondering like you know what does the director do watch Rathacon and then watch Search of Spock yeah because uh in part four where they go back in time he handles part four much better he directs part four too yes he okay. does he does direct part four all right new score James Horner is back yeah right? we've been seeing this happen between the, like literally for each of the movies we watch it has changing it it has a more of a kind of a floaty airy kind of mystical uh, feeling to it. I felt like it's supposed to be like more of a, in a sense, spiritual one because they they even they even harp a lot about um like which is kind of weird, right? This this thing about um Vulcans is on one hand they're really logical mm -hmm. and they kind of cast aside emotion. But then they have like this spiritual aspect, right? Yeah, Vulcan mysticism, right? Which is really, you know, seems like counter to their to their yeah. logic. We're going to but... hear all about Vulcan mysticism in this. This one kind of sets the tone, not just for the Vulcans but Klingons as well. We have to, to hear uh, yeah. the. So wait, this is our first. Is this our first main introduction? Oh no, this is not the Klingons. This is our first introduction to uh, their worship. The bird, the bird of prey. The bird of prey. Yeah. Oh man, what a cool looking ship. I've always man. thought this was a cool this ship. This is probably my favorite Star Trek ship. Yeah. As a kid, when I would watch Star Trek, I, to be quite honest, when I would see the bird of prey, I would be like, how come the Federation doesn't have ships that look that cool? But it's more, when you, when you learn about the bird of prey, you recognize that it's more, um, it's supposed to be kind of like a hit and runner because, you know, use itself, it's faster. Yeah. But it's not really supposed to be yeah. able to take a beating, it, right? It stays so, in stealth, comes out, does a dive attack, then goes yeah. back to stealth. So it's not really practical. So to make other ships within the Federation look that way, I, or within Starfleet, I, I kind of get it. But I always yeah. said, man, how come they got the really cool looking ships? Yeah. And we got these saucers. They also have uh, much smaller crews. It's like 12 people. <laughs> that was just like, there's like, yeah, 
less than 20 people on, on a ship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like, you get to see, this movie takes place just a few weeks after Wrath of Khan. So you get to see the full battle-damaged Enterprise. Looks pretty cool. Yeah. That ship has seen some shit. It seems like the Enterprise can never, ever just fully kind of have it, you know, if it's, if it's either it's in bad shape or once it gets into something, it's going to be in bad shape. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you get to see the, I like the, um, the, the space dock. So that space dock, that space station, that earth, earth space station, they use that in TNG. What they would do is, uh, they would do, do the exact same shot, but they would just put the model of the TNG next generation enterprise over okay. the, this enterprise, literally just, you know, rotoscope it over it as it would go inside. You know, I, I, I mean, this is something I've never paid attention to. What? The space dock. Because I was literally like, what are they inside? I've always thought that, I guess my version of, of thinking of the space dock was that it was a huge type of docking station, but you can only, like, dock from the outside. And it's almost kind of like you dock from the outside and maybe like umbilicus into the, type thing. Right, and umbilicus into the, 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 the station. Go Seeing inside. this huge thing open up its doors, I'm like, the, the, the massive undertaking that it would have to be to build something of that size. Because yeah. the Enterprise itself is... It's humongous, right? Yeah. But you got something that you can fit several starships several. inside of. So can we do? We, we where's this thing? Where's this station at? Like, like how far from Earth? How far from Earth is this? Oh, supposed to be? Uh, I don't remember. But you can no. actually, you're supposed to be able to see it from Earth. From Earth. Yeah, so we're so. we're saying like it's probably like a, a good distance away from the Moon and all that good stuff, right? No, it's no, not no. A, it's it's in Earth orbit. Within Earth, seriously? Yeah. Interesting, because yeah. that thing seems like it would be so big that it. Well, I don't know. It, it's not the size of the moon. Right. So it's obviously, not gonna affect it, but, but it, it seems it's large. It seems pretty large. Okay. All right. Pretty cool. Um I I was kind of upset myself because I was like, what are, what are they coming out of? I didn't know. I thought they were not near Earth when this was happening. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. They they, they limped back to Earth. Uh, I do like uh, you get to see the Excelsior. Yeah, the great Excelsior. Um You won't actually see it again until part six. So I, I hope you liked your look at it. Yeah, I, so this to me I it felt like they introduced something that yeah. I never saw it again come up in the movie. Right. So it's kinda of like what was the point a, of that? In the in the in a usual story structure, the Excelsior would have showed up at the very last second to save the day. Right. Exactly. I'm like, are you foreshadowing something? Like is this ship gonna have to be something that we end up using yeah. because the Enterprise is hurt or something like that? I mean that? they foreshadow it. Oh, it, it's foreshadowing part six. For, that, that's for, how far away. For a future movie. Yeah, they're eventually they're playing eventually the we'll long the game. The very long game. This is a sad movie. Well, so, all right, so let's kind of catch people up a little bit on what's happening because, again, we are doing kind of Spock a died. medium die. Spock has died. Yeah. The Klingons have gotten wind of this Genesis, Genesis device, which they feel. This is the Klingons, right? You find something that when they tell you what its purpose is, yeah. is that, hey, it has the ability to create life. And Klingon's first thing is like, great, it has the power to destroy. Yeah. Like, they are always in fight mode. They are. Like, come on, man. Is there no happiness in your life? Yeah, it's fine. It has the power of creation. That's great. Fine. That means I can use it to destroy. Well, I mean, that McCoy makes that argument. I mean, yeah, true. But it's kind of like... Great power to control, dominate. Come on, like, is there anything that's going to make you guys, like, kind of optimistic for what... We won't really get that until Next Generation. After, like, like I was saying, this is a very sad, somber film through the entire thing up until the very, very end. Everyone is just very sad. I mean, I felt, felt Kirk and the crew of the Enterprise are sad. But that's who we're following. Well, yeah, but I mean, I guess I wasn't... 
I think they, I think I felt like pretty quickly we figure out like once they get on a mission to go get his body, right? That it just becomes another mission of. It's true. You know, I didn't feel like they were so grieving. Well, let's not they... jump there yet because we do get to meet the one and only Commander Krug. Com oh. Admiral Kirk, this is your opponent speaking. Do not lecture me about treaty violations. The Federation, in creating an ultimate weapon, has become a gang of intergalactic criminals. It is not I who will surrender, it is you. Commander Krug is... Great Scott, it's Christopher Lloyd. Commander Krug. Man, I... Christopher Lloyd, listen, I love Christopher Lloyd. Mm -hmm. But he's no Ricardo Montalban. No, he's not. He does his best, he does his best, and he does say this is like one of the highlight films that he's ever done. And, I mean, he owns it. He definitely plays the prototypical Klingon villain. It, it's so hard oh. to follow with Carl Montalban, though. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, man. So, so my apologies here. When you say Commander, my my brain He's was... Commander. No, no. But my brain was focusing on the bad Starship Commander um, that is on outside of the, the planet who is kind of waiting for them to go down and check it out. That's my mind was thinking of that. Uh, I wasn't thinking about Christopher Lloyd playing. Sorry, I get what you're saying now because I, I really didn't know who was playing the villain. But now Chris Lloyd, I you, you couldn't tell. Great job. Oh, I great I, job. I, I had no, I had no issues with him. I wasn't trying to compare him to um, Ricardo playing Khan. I wasn't like, oh, you know, it's hard you gotta, not to. It's hard but, not to. But I think that's too tough. Like in a movie like that where you had an iconic villain, yeah. I think it's tough to expect that the next person who's playing the antagonist is going to be someone who has to have the same level or capture that same type of level. Um, that the the predecessor did. So yeah, it, he for he for what he was supposed to be, I thought he was good. He was a he was a power hungry Klingon. Klingon. I, I would you know he was a power hungry Klingon. Let me use. I would words. I would compare it to almost to um, the Dark Knight trilogy, and where you have Heath Ledger's Joker mm -hmm. followed up by Tom Hardy's Bane. Tom Hardy's Bane in his own right, great villain. I thought very scary. He's amazing, but he's following up Heath Ledger's Joker. So you're like, I, he's not as a compelling villain as Ricardo Montalban. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't really quite share the same assessment. I feel, no, I agree. Keith Ledger's Joker is all time, right? Right. But I really, really love Tom Hardy's Bane, too. I felt right. like this was, I felt like, if anything, the antagonists of those two movies were kind of like, because, you know, we have feelings about the, 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 the we're getting a little bit off topic here, but... In the Dark Knight Rises, we have feelings about how that movie ended compared to the Dark Knight, we right? Have many feelings. But one movie. of the great parts of that to me was Bane, the character of Bane. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I do like Tom Hardy. I'm just saying that in comparison, you can feel the absence of a Heath Ledger's Joker in the Dark Knight Rises. I just felt it was something different. So I didn't feel it. Yeah. Especially the same thing here. I, I, I'm missing the adversarial quality that Ricardo Montalban. Well, there's history, though, there between at least in this and this. Yeah. There's history between Kurt oh, and Khan, so there's a little bit more. I, mean, I get it, up, right? And Khan's dead. Who is this guy? Someone's gonna have to play the villain. I almost feel like maybe though, they should have had something else be a villain, maybe instead of a humanoid figure. But I understand where they're going. And hey, Christopher Lloyd is great. I enjoy watching when this is one of the highlights of the film to me, yeah. anyways. Um, but did you notice who the uh, the smart? "Quote unquote smart Klingon was no. one of his his uh, lieutenants. No, I did not. Kind of had a goatee on the side. The please don't kill me one, or the the guy who's like you can kill me if you want, but listen, this is what no what one of his advisors that's uh, watching the Genesis uh, recording. Okay, that crew gets. All right, not the guy who makes the the mistake of firing a shot. No, no, no. Fired. 
or firing uh, a shot that does too much damage. No, it's a it's a John Larroquette. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, all right. And I I did not know that until I I looked it up and for some reason I am really bad at determining who is under the makeup of Klingons. Yeah, it's very. Difficult. I, I really don't know. It is. It is very difficult. But I thought that was very very funny. Um, we also get so Bones has some mental issues in this film. Well, <laughs> the mental issues that he has is that he's being haunted by someone else's psyche. No, his by by Spock's Katra, which is his his psyche. Yeah, but it's a Katra. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry for all those out there. Yeah. I hope I didn't step on your Katra. Yeah, right. And uh, but it's Spock's Katra Sutra. Katra Sutra. Oh, seriously? Yeah. No. But uh, so Bones is uh, in in Spock's quarters and he's talking like Spock. In fact, they I think they just probably voiced over some Nimoy lines. Jim, help me. You left me on Genesis. Why did you do that? Help me. All right, so let's break down this scene here. Let's because... break down this scene. This is, Bones is having a breakdown. This is the thing I don't quite understand, and I continue to have a problem with when, in relation to these movies with Starfleet, is that whenever there is something that happens, because this starts off by some type of a red alert, right? There's an issue, there's an alarm that goes off. Yeah, because someone's broken into Spock's quarters. Who goes down to investigate? Kirk. Kirk. Come on, man. You don't have, like, you You have security teams. To They're there. They're there. Right. But why do you have to be the one to enter the first to see if everything's cool? Because he's Kirk. It's his yeah. contract. Don't be talking about this. I, I know. I get it. But it's still playing that thing of like, I would expect that the captain says, okay, send the security human, figure out what's what's happening. And yeah. then, hey, sir, we found we found Bones. And do, he's, do you think, he's not acting right. Do you think in, I'm coming in, down. Do you think in Shatner's contract, there's uh, only a set number of seconds you can have in the film Before that, he, that he's not in? I would hope not. And like you have to meet like a quota? Like, I like, hope not. This is a two-hour movie. You can have 10 minutes without me in it. If he's doing a thing where he's saying, I won't send my man to do something I, I wouldn't do myself. Yeah. And if that's what, you, if he's just trying to really right. hold on to that. That's Spock's quarters. Okay. That's his boy. I guess. All right. All right. Uh, we find out the end of is getting mothballed. Yeah. So they're, so, putting the, they're putting the old girl out to pasture. Yeah. So my question is, what made you stop crying? What made, I'm sorry, what? What made you stop crying when you found out the Enterprise was getting mothballed? Like, did you oh, have what? to think about happy thoughts? Did you... Oh, um, considering how many times like they've destroyed or blown it up, um, we're not we're not there yet. Remember, you have to think. Yeah, but I know it's coming, don't, so I don't, don't care. Know. It's coming. I know don't, it's coming. I do always know now. I know now because they just love doing it. So I always, I'm always just like, you can kill her, but she'll keep coming back. But that's okay because you know why? Your new favorite ship. Is about to make its debut. Is it the USS Grissom? Oh no! With those oh. pink chairs. So this is this is where this is what I was complaining about. Yeah. Right. Who's this guy who plays the the captain or commander? This guy's the, terrible captain. This guy's horrible. Yeah. This guy is the guy. This is the bite of book guy who literally like is going to get everyone killed because everyone he's so bite book. Absolutely. Like, my, sorry. He actually does get everyone killed, and he does say by the book. By the book. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't get everybody killed. Well, because, uh, everyone, David, on the, everyone on the ship, he so, gets killed. What's funny is uh, you were commenting about the ping chairs. I mean, so basically when they film this, it's on the Enterprise set mm -hmm. with pink chairs. It's the exact same set. It's the exact same bridge of the Enterprise, just yeah. with pink chairs. Uh, so you can make them blue. If we're going to do an analysis. Chairs, white chairs. If we're going to do an analysis. Yellow because chairs. Because I felt 
you know how I felt about the first movie in terms of their choices of, of um the pink. No, oh. no, no, no. Their actual outfits, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they look like they were like convicts or something like that, right? right. Wearing like bland jumpsuits. Um, and this one, I'm like, I really like the, the outfits because yeah. like but, the outfits that start like, right exactly. Yeah. I'm like, okay, good, you're still good with that. And then you get to this ship, and then the pink chairs, pink chairs just don't match anything in yeah. it. So. Do you think this was one of those things of like at the time that it was made, like that was really popping? Like, yeah, like this Maybe. is. I mean, nothing wrong with the sexy. color pink. No, it's not. It just like, looks horrible. It doesn't go with anything else nothing. on the ship. So they're circling. The USS Grissom is uh, circling around the uh, the planet Genesis. Yeah. Which has been basically uh, quarantined by the Federation. Yep. Uh, Federation doesn't want this getting out that they have this kind of technology because I mean, the same reason the Klingons want it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm sorry. We kind of. Yeah, that's how we got to our Klingon situation and yeah. I forgot to mention this but there's a hot Klingon yeah for about like he blows her up two seconds yeah come on man like I've been waiting all this time for one attractive Klingon woman and then the first time we see one they kill her off well like you've seen too much and she just accepts her face she just accepts it which is kind of strange but you know they're Klingons they die they, if it's an honorable death hey I think the Klingons are very much based on the Spartan culture yeah it's i get it it's you know war um honor is more important than anything sacrifice i I completely see you in valhalla yeah i get it uh yeah but so they're going around genesis and who's gonna be there of course it is uh savik yep robin curtis we get to see her with david this is where the fun begins savik just like your father so human yeah why i still hate this actor i think that's not my that's not my son he's he's you think so boring do you think kirk wants a fraternity attack i feel like this is a character that we should have gotten to know more <laughs> than what we get they do find a life form on genesis which is supposed to be lifeless although there's there's lots of light there's lots of you know greenery it's oh, basically yeah. they made it uh, able to sustain life but there shouldn't be any life there yeah so the fact that they're picking up life forms which you know what data would say. What would data say? Uh, this is where I'm going to insert data saying. Oh, okay, hold on. The next go ahead. What, go ahead. What, say it. What data would say? Well, I, I'm going to. Wait, it. I'm sorry. What would data say? Life form. You tiny little life form. You precious little life form. Where are you? So obviously, there that's where the mystery is. Okay. Uh, there's no mystery because they call it Search for fucking Spock. Yeah, the the life there. forms happen to be bacteria that are evolving. Well, okay, so wouldn't it be met. more than one life form? Because there's a whole bunch of those little bacteria things that have evolved. Plus, we find. Well, I mean, if Spock one, if has it's, been regenerated, if it's one kind of bacteria, then it should just be that one type of life form, right? If it was the same, it's just whatever a life form. Right. Well, just like it was just it was that bacteria that well, was. Well, then it'd be two yeah. because it'd be that bacteria plus the reform, the regenerated baby, Spock. not baby, baby child Spock, baby, 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 baby Spock. Spock, child Spock, kid Spock, young, young, young kid Spock. Kid Spock sounds like the worst Saturday morning cartoon yeah. they could have done. Like Star Trek presents Kid, kid Spock. Spock, where he goes on like adventures. Yeah, and has to stop the great adventures of Kid Spock. Yeah. So I made poopies. The Vulcan adventure is just wait what 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 he made poopies. That's probably what a Kid Spock would say. In the what? It wouldn't be called poopies, would he? No, it'd, it'd like be a called seven, a six or seven year old kid would say I made poopies, but not a Vulcan kid. Oh, what would you say? I've dropped deuces. <laughs> what? No, no, it wouldn't what? say that, huh? Um, 
feces has been feces has been eliminated. Let's change the subject. Feces has been eliminated. Spock's dad, Sarek. So they're going out. They're going all out with the um, Vulcans. Don't show emotion because he's very emotional. Sarek's not though. He is. He's not supposed to be. His well, I'm talking about his communication with Kirk. He's he very emotional due to the fact that he did not bring that emotion. I so I have an issue with kind of this whole plot. So Sarek, who by the way is the same actor that was in the original series, and he reprises this role many times with the movies and in Next Generation. No, oh, good. I would expect that for continuity. Uh, it's pretty cool though. Um, but I, I don't understand. So he basically tells Kirk that Spock transferred his Katra into another person, and Sarek thinks and he that expected it's it would have been Kirk because they're best friends, right? right. Uh, and it turns out it's McCoy. But he says, so he says this as this as the thing that Vulcans do, right? Later at the end of the movie, the high priestess says, "This what you're what you're asking has not been done for <laughs> in quite some time." Quite well, some time. Are they talking about that, or are they talking about the fact that I don't think they're specifically talking about um, the the ceremonial portion of if he had if he was he was if he was dead yeah. dead dead. Just so happens that your friend here is only mostly dead. And his conscience was, or whatever was transferred, his katra was transferred over to Kirk. Mm -hmm. Then they would have just done a ceremony, and that would have been the normal thing. I think the right. part that they were saying which hadn't been done was the fact that they were transferring it back into his body. Yeah, that is what they were talking about yeah. in terms of this hasn't been done in whatever you. amount of time. All right, it was a little confusing, but yeah. I do like. I always get a kick out of this in movies where they go back and watch. What's supposed to be like a security camera footage? Basically, watching the flight recording of. <laughs> Uh, Spock's death. That's how they see that Spock actually yeah. transferred it to McCoy. But it's basically just seen it's from, seen the, from the previous movie. It's all like, wow. That's 420. Uh, the, the flight recorder has, has a good idea about framing. Enhance. And, yeah. and hey, look, a two shot. And then <laughs> a wide shot. Yeah, it's and literally that, that just, was pretty funny. Let me give you what the, of the previous movie. Whatever. Exactly. Uh, so Genesis is uh, falling apart. Yeah, it turns out Genesis has a small flaw. You know why? David cheated. David did cheat. Father like son. He cut corners. He, he, he used Kobayashi, Kobayashi Maru did. Himself. Himself. Really. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He used unstable proto matter because that was the only way to make it work. Yeah. And, like father like son, popped collar. Yeah. He does. He, he shows up. He didn't have what he, he had shows up style on the second one. It's, didn't pop it. Find that he's Kirk's son? Popped. Is that a thing that you think that, like, do you think. That William Shatner was like, hey, to kind of let the artist know you're yeah. a kid. Once you get down here, Gene it's, in the, it's genetics. Pop that, that, we have to pop yeah, that collar. pop that collar. Yeah. So and he, and Kirk does pop it again. He's got like a leather jacket this time too. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, hats off to the right. <laughs> hats off to, to to Captain Kirk and his kid. But okay. So I gotta say, this movie, the thing that always stands out to this movie, whenever I think about it, is the Genesis sets. Yeah. The, the jungle yeah. rocks. It looks very original series. Is that they were going for? Nailed it. They weren't going for that, though. Is that the... They so definitely weren't going this, for that. Is, I mean, is this, is this budget, maybe? They were concerned about filming. They originally had... It was going to be outside. They didn't have the budget to make this look real. It looked... Yeah. It looks bad. Yeah, it's... Uh... It looks like a set. I mean, it looks like a bad set. Yeah, I didn't I didn't feel like... It, it, it didn't feel like... Um... Like since we since we greened it for this this third yeah. movie and, and the, the last one did so well that we've increased the budget. Yeah. It, I didn't get that feeling. It's weird. I think it's selective though because that's in relation to that particular jungle shot and certain certain set True. pieces. But 
I thought certain Starship, pe- uh, um, yeah, the Starships are that great. stuff looked pretty good, right? But the problem is most of the Starship stuff is just actually stuff they use for the Enterprise. Yep. The, the bar scenes coming up where you get the Star Trek Cantina, yeah, where they're trying to do Star Wars, the but they can't because they don't have the budget for it. Oh, you mean or where uh, where Bones is, is drinking? Yeah, where he he meets Ivan Ooze. Yes. Tell me that guy is not Ivan Ooze. He is. You know who Ivan Ooze is? Yeah, from Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah. I even brought it up. Look, see, so I got I got a picture right here, which is great on a podcast. To show people. Yeah, because you guys can see this. Well, Dave Franco can see it. Shout out to Dave. Thank you for tuning in. So there he is. Yep. There there is the the Genesis. Yep. Genesis. That's him. And there's Ivan Ooze. Just yeah. It's it's the same. So do you think you think they they took that? Yeah, Yeah, I I I fully believe that Ivan Ooze was inspired by this bar guy from from Genesis. From uh, Star Trek Three. You raggedy bitch. All right. Prove me wrong. I, I won't, because I'm going to believe you. Thank you. Uh, so, they named the USS Grissom after Gus Grissom, the Apollo astronaut, the, the, the famous astronaut that was killed in Apollo 1 in the fire. I'm sorry, what, which ship was the USS Grissom again? The one, the one circling Genesis. Oh, the one, the one that I hate. Pink cherries, yeah. Okay. So, they named that for, for Gus Grissom. That was kind of their homage. And then they blow it up? They blow it up! Sorry. That's fucked up. Right? Yeah. That's <laughs> fucked yeah. Oh man, that's fucked up. Fucked up. It's, All right, so let's back up a little bit before we get there. Back up. We are. We're, this could be a three-hour podcast. Well, it's not going to be because we're we're almost right. We're close to the end. But uh, I just um the interaction, or I would say, like what's going on with the uh, the admiral who I guess outranks Kirk. I know, right? The the admiral who out, outranks the admiral. Yeah, like like Kirk's an admiral, but this admiral outranks Kirk right. apparently, right? Because right. he can't get permission to go yeah, do what and, he wants and to do. And Kirk, Kirk is the guy that was like running Genesis. He right. was the one that Carol was so I can't to. commission some type thing. I can't commission some type of ship. Yeah, there like no ship I can't commission. That's not even a, a, a an actual like you know because they're not they're not. Um, they're ex- exploration ships, right? Yeah, yeah. But there's no smaller type of ship that I can take me and my skeleton crew nope. in commission. Nope. Okay. Well, he does. He, the the the, ad, the other admiral does kind of say. Well, Kirk says, "Fine, I'll get my own ship," and the admiral says, "You will certainly not do that." So he gave the implication that you cannot go there. Uh, I do. You know what? Star Trek has always been sort of uh, forward thinking. And uh, very progressive. Yeah, I do like that. Hey, it's a black admiral yeah. in 1984. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I would. That's one thing I said. I've always liked about Star Trek. It seems that like they've shown what a human society looks like when we're we're, we're past yeah. racial bullshit and and money. It's Rick literally Rick. about you know the progression of the human yep. race at that point. That's what I really love about it. Uh, yep. But um, okay. Yeah, so now we're back back to Genesis and and uh, the Grissom gets destroyed. Grissom gets destroyed. That's yeah. About That's about it. R.I.P. Hold on. Take a moment of silence. Uh, but then the movie turns into a jailbreak movie because McCoy got arrested uh, at that bar for talking about Genesis. And uh, Kirk and McCoy, Scotty, O'Hara, um, Chekhov, and Sulu. Yeah. I, I named them all. Look at that. There we go. They, uh, they go and they break McCoy out of jail, proving that the Federation does actually have worse security than the U.S. Capitol. Oh, is that too soon? Is it? I don't know. Well, no, because uh, this movie's in the future. Okay, you're right. Foreshadowing. <laughs> so, there we go. When this movie comes, when they, when this happens in in real you're life, right. you're absolutely right. Yeah, you, yeah you, you just it won't be too soon. Predicted it, so yes. Uh, I do like though that they leave O'Hara behind. <laughs> she gets she gets the McCoy treatment. This movie, they're like, okay, listen, we're gonna get, there. We have to give McCoy a bunch of lines, but she doesn't walk in, say means, something, and leave. Though, no, so. she she basically yeah she she's 
she beams them aboard the Enterprise, which apparently you can't do that. Press a button. There's no, like, timer. You can't just press a button and then run to the the, the transporting pad. Yeah, and then Scotty's a sneaky little guy, right? Because he sabotages. He takes uh, out a screw. Like, he takes out a screw of this the, the new flagship Federation <laughs> Excelsior, top of the line. He takes out a screw, All right. and it shuts it down. I'm asking you. It's I'm asking funny. It's funny. I posed this at the, at the time of watching a movie. Yeah. What exactly are they going to... Okay, oh, sorry. You said they're going to track Hacking everybody, me. right? So you're telling me the Enterprise doesn't have some type of counter to this? Shields. They could raise their shields. Right. So, good luck tractor beaming me. Well, I think I think the implication is that the uh, the Excelsior was just going to follow it, and eventually... Oh, I bet you catch up with me. Because it was going to warp and catch until you stop. They, they said it has trans warp, which is faster than regular warp. Guess so. Sure. Okay. I, so, it's going to follow you. Yeah. Like, you better slow down. You yeah. better stop. Lower those shields, or I'm going to tractor beam you. All right. So, okay. So, we, we, we get our great escape. We get our, we get our enterprise. We and get our enterprise. Up. It's... Oh, okay. Kirk is so good. He can see a cloaked ship. <laughs> I, he sees it. He sees the cloaked ship. He sees ship. a small distortion he's, he's in his face. And, and he's, like, he's like, right there. It's right there. That's a distortion. That's you see a cloaked ship. There. That distortion, see it? Yes, sir. It's getting larger as we close in. That is. What's the point of being cloaked, then? That if is. you can just see it. So they never do this again, by the way. Even in, in the, the movies. Uh, the, the, in 6, a cloaked ship plays a big part of it. And they never play with the fact that Kirk can just see it moving on the screen. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was kind of like that a, really bad. That's a cheap way to kind of find that's the way it happened. I would have felt it would have felt better if like we took a shot, and because of the fact yeah. it revealed itself, but maybe the shot wasn't a kill shot, right? But instead, right. I see a shimmer right but there. But this is the first um, instance of a cloaked vessel in Star Trek. Yeah, it wasn't a thing before. In fact, this was supposed to be the Romulans. Uh, and that's why it's called Bird of Prey, because the Romulan ships were all named after uh, birds, and they're supposed to have the cloaking device, because they're the kind of the sneaky people. Okay. Uh, but they decided the Klingons were more popular Star Trek villain or race since the first one. Um, so they made them just Klingons. That's why the Klingon Bird of Prey is the, literally the only bird-named ship <laughs> that okay. the Klingons have. Um, but I do love this fight though. I like that uh, Kirk sees the cloaked ship and he goes, Well, my guess is that they're gonna have to undecloak to fire, right? So, no, hold on, hold on. he doesn't is, raise the shield. Is his hold on, but is this his first experience against a cloaked ship? That's what, or, do they, or have they come across these before? Because so, how would he know exactly? Okay, that's what do they explain know. that? No, I, I went to Charles. Our, the, our, our, our resident, our resident our Star, Star Trek expert. Uh, he didn't know either. Okay, <laughs> so I, I just it's just not mentioned. So if anyone out there is listening and you guys probably know way more Star Trek than we do, a, if you guys can ex explain to us how, how Kirk understands that it has to be cloaked, let us know. At Thirteen Days Podcast. Let yeah. us know. Let us know. Uh, but I do like this fight though because I like that he doesn't raise his shield this time on purpose because if he raises the shield, then they'll and know alerts that, he that he's a, he's aware that so they're he there. Wait. Yep. For the decloak. And then immediately shoots him, which I think is kind of. Brutal. I think that is kind that, of. Brilliant. That's hilarious. I, it, it's that's so such a Kirk thing. It's so good that it makes up for the fact that he didn't raise the shields in the first. But movie. then uh, for the previous movie. But then I like when he goes, "Okay, now raise the shields." Scott, he's like, "I can't." <laughs> shields non-responsive. Scotty, your automation system's overloaded. I didn't expect to take us into combat, you know. We took a shot and we're still hurt. So. Yeah, so like like Scotty's like, essentially it's only five people running the Enterprise right now. Scotty's essentially automated everything. 
but he wasn't expecting to go into battle. So yeah. essentially, it's overloaded the automation system. Complete skeleton crew. Which, I mean, I, I guess I get it. Like, they really thought that this is a salvage mission. They really right? thought they were going to go there. Pick up his body and, then, and be back. So I, I get it. Um, but the, they have a nice little fight. And I do... This is really good writing. I like that both ships are so fucked up that they're waiting for the other ship to destroy him. We're a sitting duck. Why haven't they finished us? They outgunned me ten to one. My lord, the enemy commander wishes a truce to confer. Put him on screen. Yeah, well, they don't know, right? They they're don't, like, how come knows. So, I, like I said, I thought this worked well. This was the, um, this whole confrontation between the two of kind of yeah. playing a chess match, even to the fact of when um, he orders some people to be put to death. Yeah, yeah, right? okay, so now we're here. Now we're at the point now, you're talking about. Yeah, now about. we're here. So both ships are fucked up. Uh, Kirk tries playing off the fact he's like, go ahead and surrender. <laughs> we won't destroy you. Like, right? And the Klingons are like, now we call you bluff. Nothing happens. They're like, yeah, you're, you're, you can't get yeah, it. You, you ain't got shit. Ain't so got shit. we're coming over anyway. Or, well, we're coming over if you don't, if you don't let us come over, we're going to start killing some people. Yeah. Upon which they do. And then yeah, they, well, uh, So this is pretty fucking badass for a Star Trek film. He just flat out says, And now to show that my intentions are sincere, I shall kill one of the prisoners. Wait a minute. Give me a chance to talk. Yaha! Nope. This is how you know I'm serious. One of them got to go. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's David. So, which for a moment, finally. Well, so he was going to, so, so the, the Klingon that was, that was going to kill, Wait, hold on, hold on. Gonna kill Savick. That's right then there, you inserted the yay. Yeah. Because like, finally, because what purpose yeah. is David serving? None. At least in his death, I can get an emotional scene out of Kirk. We do. And, and Shatner does play a really emotional yeah. scene. So I don't think it's earned. Klingon messenger killed my son. Klingon passage of kill my son. Because yeah, we, we yeah, David, no one cares about David. If you David. count the screen time, no one cares and I did, about David. I did do this because I'm a nerd. If you count, count the screen time David has had with Shatner to form an emotional bond, mm -hmm. uh, it's about four and a half minutes. Are you serious? Yeah. Now, it's still his son. I get it. But at the same time, it's hard to be like invested i like i get it because like, chatner's upset like is it is it like this is my son and i love him yeah. or is it like this girl who i just hooked up with one night told me 20 years later or 25 years later that i had a kid and i'm like that kid ain't mine true seems it to be true this does set up six like i mean six is almost an exact is basically a sequel to part three which is really strange to say when you see part six you probably forgot about it you'll see that it is very much a direct sequel to 3. It pays off things that happen in 3 with okay. Kirk and the Klingons. Well, we shall see. We shall see. Um, but yeah, so David dies. Uh, he, he dies heroically. They were going to kill yeah, Savage. Yeah, yeah. he, he, takes, he jumps in and he, ta he takes the blade. Um, Kirk probably should have taught him how to fight at some point. You know, if you weren't an absentee father and you taught David how to actually, you know, defend yourself, David might still be alive. In which case, Kirk killed David. Yeah, I mean, is that the is that, is that the takeaway from this? It is my takeaway. Is that Kirk's a bad father? He's not a father. And because you didn't teach, you didn't raise your kid to learn how to fight. Hold on, you didn't raise a kid that you didn't know that you had. Yeah, that's what you get when you that's go for cigarettes and you never come back. That's what happens. You, your kid gets killed by a Klingon. Kirk, are you sorry? You're sorry ass father. He is sorry. Yeah. All right. Uh, I do like so. This is it. This is the moment you were waiting for. The first instance of the Enterprise getting blown up. All right. So, Kirk comes up with out of anger and it's a good um, idea anger and anguish sure i surrender it's a good idea go ahead because they because 
the cleanups don't know that they don't have a full ship, right? right? So they think, okay, we're coming over, but it, which is always kind of weird to me. You're going to send over a crew of four or five guys to potentially take over a ship that... Like 10 guys. Well, whatever. Yeah. But this is a ship that might have hundreds, right? If, if it's normally stacked, Well, right? that's why he's telling them you have to surrender. Right. You have to surrender, exactly. Yeah. Which is still kind of weird. Like, your 10 people can still end up being taken hostage, and, and, uh, and now they have hostages, right? Well, I think he's implying that, you know, any funny business, and I'll just bl I'll blow your ship out of the sky. Maybe so, but you got 10 of your people over here, right? I don't think... You're going to kill 10 of your people? Yeah. It's, I mean... He's going he, he just killed his, his, his girl at the beginning. He doesn't care. No, no. He cares because the crew doesn't care. Yeah, he does. No, he doesn't. Oh, yeah. Once, once he says mm -hmm. they're not, no one's here. Yeah. And he goes, they're hiding. He goes, no, well, they're, I can hear something, and yeah. it's a countdown clock. I feel like that. He does. He does react and say, "Get out! Get out of there! Get out! Why? Get off the ship!" Right? Yeah, like, like that's so he that, cares. That's his entire crew is going to die. Right? He cares. I don't think he can run his ship by himself. <laughs> Right. So he, he's more about that. And actually, um, they do say, I think it's in the novelization, well, when we cut back to him and he's kind of like holding his, his, his face in his hands, mm -hmm. he's not anguished that his crew died. He's anguished because he has to do this himself? No, he's angered that Kirk got the better of him. Oh, so it's just more pride. It's more pride. It's a pride thing. Klingons are very prideful. And yeah. basically he... So I got, out, I got outmaneuvered. He got outmaneuvered. Which makes... Okay, that gets... That makes sense. Um, so yeah, obviously now, so they beam down to the planet while the Klingons beam over. Enterprise blows up, and the Genesis planet is is going crazy. Yeah, and uh, Spock is going through the, puberty. The set is blowing up. Spock is going through an advanced stages of puberty. Okay, question: Does he hook up with Savick? Spock, teenage Spock. Does teenage Spock hook up with Savick? Well, I did put down. I wrote uh, Savick is teaching teenage Spock how to finger. So they have a horrible fight, Kirk and uh, Commander Krug. Oh, what? Because uh, uh, essentially they. Uh, I mean, well, they were they were doing the no, whole. Yeah, we're not gonna talk about. Uh, never mind. But I mean, it's nope. crucial to the no, movie. She says, it. "I'm going to help you nope. get past something." So, and she does some things with her finger, oh. and he does the things, and they yep. they put their fingers together. And she was, and there was two fingers, and she was showing them the shocker. It is called Ponfar. Ponfar. So uh, Kirk's like, hey, come down here. I have the secret of Genesis. Yeah. So the captain beams down and goes, sure, why not? And uh, you got to think, the captain's pretty pissed off because yeah, Kirk did kill his dog. Yeah, he's pissed. Oh, my God, that dog. He... Why was that dog so slimy? Yeah, why is it? That's a fucking get, dog. Get a towel. It's like. Put down some newspaper. Like, why do they hate the Klingons so much? Because, like, all right, so you kind of you kind of won me back because you showed me an attractive Klingon woman. But then you. Show me the ugliest Klingon dog. The worst. I mean, it's worst dog. Like, I'm glad that dog died. It like it looked like it wanted to die. Okay. All right. Sorry. Uh, so Kirk and Krug have a fist fight on the planet. The rest of the crew gets beamed up to the Klingon ship, uh, leaving Kirk and teenage Spock on the planet. Yeah. Genesis. I want it. Beam the Vulcan up, and we'll talk. Give me what I want. And I'll consider it. You fool, look around you. The planet's destroying itself. Yes, accelerating, isn't it? Yeah, we get to see Kirk stunt double have a terrible fight. Oh, yeah, he, where he does this backflip somersault. I'm supposed to believe that. This is, <laughs> he goes this is kick Admiral 50-some-odd-year-old yeah. Kirk, and I'm supposed to believe he does a backflip. backflip. Yeah, okay. It's, it's a terrible fight. Who wrote that into the... He doesn't even kill Krug. Krug... Uh, uh, takes like two steps back too far and falls off a ledge. Yeah, so I, I mean, 
I will say that Krug got outmaneuvered more than once in this regard. Yeah. One was mentally, and then second just by being not having spatial awareness. So at this point in time, I mean, Kirk does die. kick him off. He does say, "I am enough of you." is true i mean he killed your son that's your best line well like why did he try to help him well i think he probably felt that he needed him to get back up though right that he could Maybe. force him to call up to say hey beam us up he had to hope that he would do the fake klingon voice that the guy on the other end would be like okay that's boss man let me go ahead and bring you back up so that's my guess as to why he wanted to keep him alive yeah uh let's see then there's only one remaining klingon left yeah. Um. They take over the Klingon ship. What happens to this guy? And they, they never follow up with this guy. And they learn how to fly this thing ASAP. So they, mind you, this is. But it's funny. With it, I don't they're, understand. They're trying to fly. It. This That's is the one thing I I don't understand. Do they know about the bird of prey? Has anyone been on inside of one, or is this completely all foreign and brand new to them? Because. No one knows how to read, read no, a Klingon. No. That's why I thought it was really funny. Other like uh, Scotty, Chekhov, and this Sulu definitely trying not. to figure it yeah. out. Where's the damn antimatter inducer? Nice? No, nice. That or nothing. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty funny. I mean, Kirk's like just looking at him, like, "What the hell? Let's let's go already." Yeah, because Genesis is about to blow up. Right. Um, so here's the funny thing: Kirk basically steals the Klingon ship, right? Yeah. Which was piloted or captained by Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Who was, you know... He's somewhere in, in lava now. He's in a hotbed. Yeah, but um, Christopher he's... Lloyd plays um, Doc Brown in Back to the Future. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right, where he creates a time machine. Okay. Right? Where are and, you this? and Kirk steals his ship in this one. Okay. And in part four, they'll use the ship to go back in time. Going back in time. Yeah. So this is a prequel to... Back to the Future. I can't tie those together. Actually, it doesn't doesn't oh, work shit, out. Man, I thought you were you know with me there. I, was I can't. I was like, oh, he's got to bring it home. I can't. Yeah, oh man, I can't, was, I can't uh, Kevin Bacon that one. Oh, so close. Uh, but then you get the final ten minutes. Oh, I so think close. because I fell asleep. Oh, the, the, the end the movie. Um, right? Nimoy. I know you want to make. Yeah, I I wrote uh, really Klingon kills son. Kirk kills a bunch of Klingons. R.I.P. Enterprise. R.I.P. Planet. And R.I.P. Me. Um. Oh. Oh, Spock's alive. Yeah. And Spock, Spock's like, oh, I know you guys, I think. My father says that you have been my friend. You came back for me. You would have done the same for me. Why would you do this? Because the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the many in and thin yeah thin yeah that was it that, that was, was it Star Trek three that was star trek three kirk's box so spock's alive spock's alive so um yeah the budget was like about 16 million uh oh one thing you would actually find interesting um edward james almost was actually the first nimoy's choice to play krug oh i would love that yeah so yeah. adama almost became he was almost captain good. before he would have been playing on Battlestar, yeah. I wouldn't have recognized them too, though. That would have been a problem because I can never recognize anyone who's a Klingon. That's true. Actually, you wouldn't be able to recognize they them. Suck. You'd be like, oh, that was a dumb. Like, what the hell? How did I not know? Uh, you want to hear my alternate titles? Oh, let's go. All right. So, uh, Star Trek Three. That's not Rebecca. <laughs> okay. Star Trek Three. Uh, one point twenty-one gigawatts. Oh, forget it. Uh, Star Trek Three. That's not my kid. 
the best oh, odd numbered one question still, mark still not my kid oh star trek 3 mccoy does things he does uh star trek 3 wrath of Khan part 2 oh, okay star trek 3 remember me eddie <laughs> remember Star Trek 3, First Blood Part 2. Oh, whoa, wait. <laughs> and then Star Trek 3, you Klingon bastards. You Klingon oh, You Klingon bastards. He just go pretty racist at that point in the moment, right? You killed my son. You killed my son. <laughs> you Klingon bastards. He just went racist at that. Yeah, he went straight straight racist. I mean, killing your son killed, I guess, make sure. Teach, teach him how to fight. You mean, he, so. it's your fault. Kirk was it's, fine against a Klingon. It's your fault. Like, teach your kid how to throw a fight. Oh, that's yeah. right. You were too busy. Being, You're out there yeah. hitting backflips and shit against them. Green, green skin chicks and stuff. So. Exactly. It's your fault, Dad. All right. You ready to do the ratings? One, two, three. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do that. All right. One, two, three. 65. 60. I'm oh, sorry. 69. 69. You just want 69. No, no. I'm just going to say 69. Nice. Yeah. 69. Uh, so we're about even i yep. thought it was a bit better i i think it's i get the more i think the goodwill i carry over from part two goes to part three you know what maybe 75 is too high i'm gonna say 70 not actually yeah so we're pretty 75 close 75 is a bit too high actually. yeah pretty close that's gonna say 69 that, that's it's not it's not it's definitely not bad it's, yeah it's fun for, it's fun it's it's cool so that's why i i put on there is this the best odd numbered one question mark because when we get through all of them so the the common belief is that all, all the odd numbers star trek are bad stuck. Okay. So you get one, three, five, seven, nine, and then eleven. Eleven. Yeah. There you go. I'm, I'm trying and to think if there was 11, a eleven, thirteen. We'll talk about it when we get to all of them. All right. But having seen them all before, I would say this is probably not the best odd numbered ones. If you exclude, I know what you're going to say is the best odd number one. I no, know what you're going to no, say. No, God does not need a starship. Huh? Uh, no, come on. I can't help but notice your pain. That's my pain. It runs deep. We still can't... got one more All movie right. to go before we get to that. Oh, okay. I was gonna, actually, I was going to say it's going to be, I was going to say it's one because you like the long panning shots of the Star Starship. Oh, Star Trek 2001? No, the one, the first one. Yeah, Star Trek 2001. Yeah. Star Trek, A Space Odyssey. Yeah. The motion picture. Yeah. That's your, that's <laughs> that should be the title. One. That's your best, it's your favorite odd number one. All right. All right. So we're going to go to four next. Which, I, I I love four. Yeah, it's so silly. we're gonna it's we're gonna silly. watch four and um five. We're gonna live stream it. We're gonna, we're we're gonna not live stream it. We're gonna we're, we're gonna, gonna live commentary. Live commentary. So if, if you guys want to watch it and follow along, that laugh with us. Yeah, maybe we'll get some beers. Yeah, I think we, so. we'll do a shot every time he says, "Uh, give me your pain." Let's. Do, uh, I'm for that. Okay. All right. I'm for that. All right. Drinking game. A few weeks from now, but Star Trek Four is next. It is a good one. It's actually my parents' favorite one. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I, I don't remember this one, so I'm looking forward to it. I uh, get to meet George and Gracie. Woohoo! All right, everybody. Catch you next time. Peace. Peace.